Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. After some investigation, we went down the elevator shaft. Aspen went over to the balcony and witnessed the assembly of a colossus. We convinced Aspen to drink the potion. He was basically a ghost, and he could go check out everything down below, specifically looking for where this uh, silly conch is. It was in their bedroom in a what we thought was a super easy chest to get into. I guess when you're a ghost, it's much easier. Eobard made Zalto appear to summon the lovely queen. She basically left, and then we snuck past. Once we were in there, we discovered where the chest was and then realized it was a unique dwarven rune combination lock. I tried really hard. (laughs) Our thief (laughs) tried super hard to bypass that. Opened it, a trap blew. All three of us quickly blew the conch, and we were holding onto the door, but he broke off and attacked Zalto as we disappeared. Heroes Not Included, Season 2. Eobart, as soon as everything goes black, instantaneously, you are surrounded by a massive amount of bright white light. It is blinding. And for a brief moment, you you do in fact wonder, am I dead? Have I gone blind? It was a good run. But slowly in front of you, an image begins to resolve until you see uh, a figure clothed in what looks like multicolored robes. Whenever you try to look around to see the figure, because they're standing slightly behind you, it seems as though the figure continues to move, so that it's always just out of sight. You see in front of the figure the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your life. Looks like a human, although given the context, you're not entirely sure that they are human. The most strikingly beautiful human sort of being you've ever seen. Give me a uh, charisma saving throw. Twelve. You have fallen madly, deeply in love with this figure. And I can't quite describe what it is, though. I just know it's got vaguely humanoid proportions. It, lo- it looks it looks human, but the context is all wrong for <laughs> mm-hmm. where you would expect to find a human. It's like trying to remember something from a dream, kind of. Yeah. And they're kneeling in front of this figure that you can't quite see. A voice comes from this person who's standing behind you that you can't see. Arise, we have need of you, my child. And this figure that you have fallen in love with stands up and is broad-chested and muscled and has this piercing, piercing eyes. The figure behind you says, Chaos is threatening to consume all. You must stop it. And the creature bows its head and says, as you wish, my lord. Turns and, and walks out of view, 
almost dissolves. And you immediately feel a huge sense of loss. The love of your life just left. The scene um, dissolves and then a new scene resolves and you find yourself standing on a battlefield. And you see that you're in a valley of some kind. As you look up to the hills, you see this swarm, like the hills literally, you, you no longer can see the land, of these demonic figures and creatures just swarming up over it. And you it looks almost like a tidal wave. Is the sky fiery? No, the sky's not fiery. <clears throat> the sky is dark and mm. ominous. Give me a charisma saving throw. Saving throw, please. 25? You are instantaneously filled with terror. <laughs> as you recognize that they are all coming towards you. As you look around, you see grotesquerie after grotesquerie. It's just demonic. It's a very Heronius Bosch. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's really grotesque and out there. And they're screaming and yelling, and they're even climbing over each other to try mm. and get down the, the into the valley as fast as possible, rushing towards you. And you see as they go, they're, they're literally ripping each other apart and ripping apart anything that they come across, tearing everything up. And just as you feel, you can begin to feel the ground shake underneath you and you feel as though you're about to be consumed, all of a sudden there is light emanating from behind you. You see, stepping into view as though stepping from behind you to in front of you is the figure that you fell madly in love with. And immediately, of course, your heart leaps. Because it's your love. Your love has returned and in just the nick of time, you know, thank the gods sort of thing. Your love then uh, charges towards this horde. And as he charges towards this horde, you see all of these others start following up. Not nearly as beautiful and, and not nearly as lovely to you, but uh, still radiating light and still of the similar sort of vague humanoid uh, shape all come charging against this horde, and you see the two clash. Gore ensues, as swords and claws and all kinds of weapons of unknown variety meet each other, creating a massive scene. And then that resolves. And then you find yourself, again, a scene in which you are standing in a valley, and you again see this terror of hordes, of chaos, demonic forces come flying over the hills. You again feel yourself filled with terror, and again, this individual steps forward along with this army. And that repeats itself over and is over. It, does it feel like a loop? Or is every, it different every time? It's not different in any way, uh, but every time it feels just as fresh, just as mm -hmm. horrific. Um, and just as, oh, thank heaven, just in the nick of time. It's only uh, after a while that you begin to realize that this is, uh, that it is looping, it is a cycle and you begin to feel the tedium. Every time uh, your love steps forward, you, you're still enraptured and you're still thankful, but you recognize that you've been here and done this before. Finally, you're going through the same sequence again and you're almost not paying attention. You've seen it so many times. But out of the corner of your eye, you see a demonic blade from nowhere slice your love. And you see uh, one red drop of blood the scene then fades. Thankfully, a new scene unfolds itself and you find yourself in some sort of angelic, celestial sort of auditorium where you see all of these sort of nondescript, shining, bright figures 
Uh, as you pan around, you find that your love is down in the center, and all of them are shouting obscenities at your love. Until finally, um, a voice hushes everyone. Quiet! This voice looks down at your love and says, How do you answer these charges? And your love kind of looks up, and he kind of looks across the room, and as his gaze passes by yours, you feel your heart flutter, you sweat kind of breaks out. And he continues to look around the entire room, and he says, I have broken no law. And his voice is just, this is the first time you've heard him speak, and it is just exquisite, it's like honey. I have broken no law. I have done no wrong. I have fought against the forces of chaos as a faithful servant of my lords, and I shall continue to do so. But we need more power. Otherwise, chaos threatens now to overrun your very creation. That causes a murmur in the crowd around you. And this voice then speaks again and says, you have spoken true, no law has been broken, but we do not know if more power will save the creation. Let us deliberate. The scene fades. When the scene comes back, you see, again, he's surrounded by all of these sorts of angelic figures, and a voice says to him, We have deliberated, and we agree to your terms. So it shall be. Fight the forces of chaos. Do not let them consume that which we have created. And he nods his head, and he says, As always, my lords, your faithful servant. You see another battle scene, and this time you see that they are armed with even greater, more powerful weapons, and they seem to be victorious in the battle, finally, pushing back this horde for the first time. The scenes are now beginning to move really quickly. You find yourself now in this angelic palace, but the voice that speaks from over your shoulder that you can never see says to your, your love, I am rejecting you. I do not need you anymore. You serve no purpose for me. And you see your love begin to weep. And this figure from out of nowhere, you see this hand come and knock your love right out of view. Now you find yourself falling, and you are falling through earth and through mountains and through water and through fire and uh, air and wind and water. And you're falling and falling and falling and falling and falling and falling. And you see some kind of ground or something begin to rush up. And you, thankfully, come to a stop without crashing. But your, your love does not. Hits the ground and you see from where this voice had hit your love that there is broken bones and blood everywhere. You're horrified. And it's at that moment that this person that you have fallen in love with turns and actually looks at you for the first time and says, Eobald, help me, Eobald, help me. With that, you guys find yourselves standing in an oddly shaped room. Kalik, you immediately recognize that the room is made of coral. Purples, greens, blues. Uh, you notice that Eobard looks a bit shaken next to you. But yeah, you see coral in a variety of different colors. You see a pool opposite you. You see a hallway here, and you see a spiral staircase from which all of you can hear music coming. And you notice that you are standing on a glyph. 
and it is uh, the, the giant glyph for Storm Giant. Welcome to Maelstrom. Do we have any idea <clears throat> where we are? Our plan was to figure it out when we got here, and I guess we're here now. Where, where's Jador? You didn't see him as we left? No, I was, um, I was bravely crouching. <laughs> Couldn't see through. Something was blocking my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are covered somehow. <laughs> brave, brave, Sir Robin. You, you saw it, right, Alec? Yeah. Yeah, he, uh... He broke away. He ran off. And... Ran after the Zalto. Smashed Zalto right in his stupid face. Ooh, impressed he held back as long as he did. It's true. It was, <clears throat> it was because of the arm wrestling match. But he finally got what he wanted. He's he's doing what he loves, I guess. And he's 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 smart enough to make it out of there. He can. He, if anybody can do it, Jador. Calic and Ebarg's Ebarg exchange glances. <laughs> <laughs> he okay, didn't seem so like a survivor. He might not have been smart, but he had instincts. He had really good instincts. And, I mean... I'm sure he's fine, Aspen. We'll meet up with him soon. <laughs> in, one way, in one way or another. <laughs> I'm sure he's in a better place. <laughs> it's a farm upstate where he can dig and run. <laughs> Yes, uh, you recognize on these uh, coral walls, Calic, that you can clearly see are mo- moist. You see bioluminescent lichen. You see snails and starfish and barnacles. You see tiny, harmless crabs crawl across <laughs> the floor and the walls. Is it smelly? There is a, a, a small scent of brine in the air. I walk up to one of the walls and I just touch it. Mm-hmm. I go, ah. <sighs> yeah, it feels good. Like I said, you have... The room is kind of shaped, uh, if you imagine, if you were to look down from above, it is shaped uh, a bit like a a clamshell. So you have hallways that go off this way. You have a pool of water here. And then here, you have a spiral staircase. And like I said, there is uh, some incredibly beautiful music coming down through the well. I'm just imagining Aspen using the speak-to-small-creature skill to communicate with the crabs and, like, flags. Because that's the only way I imagine... Eat trim, eat trim, eat trim, eat trim, 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 trim. Is the conch... Do we still have the conch? You do. You still have the conch. Can I manage to... Nope. Nope, that's it. That's just too big. I don't know if it goes both ways. I don't know if it's useful anymore. How heavy is it? Well, you know, it is it's more it awkward back? than yeah. it is heavy. I mean, it's still... I blow, I blow it and I'm like, Oh, crap, fire giants! Blow. <laughs> <laughs> still works! Wow, Jador's doing a great job! <laughs> is it heavy? It, it's a little on the heavy side, but it's more awkward. Okay. Just because it's this huge conch shell. Um, so, just go hang it on the wall. Nobody will know, notice it. It'll just blend in. It's true. So we just go kind of set it against the wall. <laughs> okay, you can kind of set it down against the wall. And you see a the tiny... giant naked hermit crab? No, you see the <laughs> tiny You see the tiny um, crabs immediately kind of walk around it. Mm-hmm. As though it emanates some kind of field. Yeah, I have a feeling it's still uh, functional in some capacity. Mm-hmm. If I knew how to get... If I got the manual. 
Well, it took us here. Yeah. I um, blow it. I reappear back in the middle of the room. <laughs> oh, okay. As long as we got one setting. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if we want to carry it with us any reason. <laughs> Looking at the walls, I go, I'd say we're near water. That's <laughs> The tiny crabs do seem to indicate <laughs> yeah. that. This is good. I, I I'm can, sorry. I'm just really excited. I concur. <laughs> you know how long it's been since I've been in the sea? I, I um, go over to the pool. I just kind of dip my foot in. Okay. <laughs> yep. You dip their foot in, and it is uh, salt water. Ah. <laughs> I go. <laughs> that's, that's worth at least a few drinks right there. Isn't it? Uh, so okay, we're in this room. Okay. Um, let's have a what moment. kind of music is it? Oh, is there music? Yeah. yeah. So there's music. Um, you can hear music kind of drifting down from the spiral staircase. And it sounds like someone is playing the largest sort of wind instrument. Like a bassoon? More like a pipe organ. Oh. But more breathy. Giant stairs? Yep. Spiral staircase? Giant sized like four stair. Foot, four foot high, five foot high. Yep. Aspen <sighs> just looks up and sighs. But it is, but it is quite beautiful. We are here to get answers, right? We're here to, We're here to get answers. I guess. Yeah. How are we gonna How are we gonna announce ourselves, you know, Bart? Yeah, um, you're the. You just see yeah. me splashing the yeah. water up in with my gusto. Face. You look like a like, Neutrogena commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quit Fabio. Quit, quit flopping your hair around for a second. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. I spin my head around. <laughs> I stand up perfectly straight and I swear. Aqua me. <laughs> now we need fan art. Yeah. <laughs> we need. Remember, we have every right to be here. We have questions that we deserve answers to. All of us have been heavily impacted by this horrible misuse of authority. And lack of proper governance. <laughs> uh, okay. So, I say we just go demand answers. I think to myself, aren't storm giants like fairly on the goody, lawfully? Mm-hmm. Okay, we will, I do not believe we will be slaughtered instantly. Like, like, so <laughs> Alright, because that's kind of what I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> hey, guys! Yeah. Oh, dad. With the fire giants, I wasn't like, we're doing answers! Oh, they smashed us. <laughs> um, uh, we might also want to be careful because we don't know for sure if Imrith died in the temple. Well, yeah, but it still has to pick up on the mic. I know. That's why I'm only <laughs> doing it this way. I'm tunneling my hands towards the mic. I totally whisper. It's like when Homer right Simpson here. whispers. Yeah. <laughs> I think he sees him. <laughs> but we know that we know that she's hanging out with the daughters, right? And we yeah. know that the that two daughters. She... Well, there's three daughters. There's three daughters, but I thought only two of them were in on it. Can we even trust that she presents as she? No. Not at this point. She already presented herself to us in her yeah. other form. So she may be not even. But we know that she, she's prone to storm giant shape. And based upon the information that you were given, it seems as though Imarith has insinuated herself into Sarissa's confidence. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It just makes everything. I'm sure the second that we are noticed will be taken quite swiftly to the ruling party here. Yeah. Uh, because I doubt many forms like us appear in the, the giant teleportation room. <laughs> yeah. You said there's a pool, a set of stairs moving, uh, going upwards, the, spiral staircase, and then two tunnels moving out. Directly across from you, 
is a pool. Mm-hmm. Kallik, since you were there, it looks to be about 40 feet deep, and you notice a 30-foot-high passageway at the bottom. Okay. To the right of the pool is the spiral staircase from which the music comes. And then on the uh, right and left sides of the room, you have two hallways, and then you see a small little alcove on the opposite side of the pool from the staircase. Before we talk to anyone, what's our story? We probably shouldn't come in and be going, we know Hagaton's gone, he must be returned. We could just say we've, we've come because we've each suffered a plight, and we, 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 we were want kind to know... We were chosen by... <clears throat> Uh, an alliance of the small folk people yeah. out of Waterdeep to investigate the recent giant attacks across our lands. Okay. So should we explore or should we go make ourselves known? I say we make ourselves known. At this point, it's kind of diplomatic. I mean, we're yeah. not... Yeah. I, don't, I, I, mean, I, I would love to go explore too. this place, but... Uh, okay. Let's, so, you know, I think our mentality would be our real goal is to get our people from being stomped around on yeah, it's really what's been driving us this whole time. Okay. So, I walk to the edge of the staircase. I kind of look at you. I cast fly on myself and start levitating up the step with my hands behind my back. And I say, chop, chop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I, I, okay. One so spell I slot lost for the day. Just to be... <laughs> All I, just because you wanted to be impressive. I look at Aspen and I'm just like... Um... Do you want me to carry you up these steps, or... I mean, I can. I know it might be a little, like... I'm, I'm here to I'm here to help while you deal with, you know... Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you could climb on my back if you want. It's a little wet. It's not sweat, though. It's just, you know, water. Salt water. Uh... <laughs> not sweat. I'm not sweating. <laughs> It's just salt water. I can't help it. It's, it's it, just... No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We can put some extra padding. It's... Do you have, like, a terry cloth or something? That... <laughs> Got a shamwell. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, those, those destroy my people. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls out a small yellow cloth <laughs> and you shudder <laughs> and you hear the screams of the children. No. <laughs> Not the ShamWow apocalypse all over again. <laughs> this episode could have been brought to you by ShamWow. Please send us free stuff. Does <laughs> <laughs> that product even exist anymore? <laughs> I think it does. I'm sure they they found someone else. I think it's actually probably having a boom with all the memes about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So then Calic and I share a very awkward climb up the stairs. <laughs> He's on my back. Okay. This is just like a training exercise, right? The, I like uh, think you like, like the Chinese acrobats doing this very coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can just jump from step to step. All right. Uh, Eobard, you are obviously the first to arrive. Mm-hmm. I land gently on my feet. You land gently on your feet, and standing in front of you uh, with their backs to you are two storm giants. And they have giant-sized pikes and helmets in their hands. Music fills this hall. The room is split into two levels. A 15-foot-high raised ledge hugs the walls to the north and east, and gently sloping ramps lead up to it. The acoustics here are excellent. Barnacle-covered pillars of hewn rock rise to meet the vaulted ceiling, and a huge crystal window set in the ceiling allows in light 
that cast beautiful patterns on the wall. You immediately recognize, based upon the patterns and the light, that you are underwater. That wherever you are, Kalik, you are under the ocean. I'm so excited. And based upon your experience, you would guess that you are deep under the ocean. You would guess so deep, in fact, that you are probably on the ocean floor. Oh my goodness. Oh, do you tell us this? Yes, I relay this. I go, guys, the... We're like we're in deep. We're I know, I know. No, I, you don't. I'm we're saying literally at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, oh god! Under the crystal window is a hulking crab with colored nodules and hollow flutes, a beautiful coral growing out of its shell. It seems to be some kind of living instrument. Is it Bef- shiny? Shiny. It's so shiny. <laughs> Performing. This beautiful music, you see, are who you take to be King Hecaton's two eldest daughters, Mirian and Nim. One of them is singing, and the other is playing the crab shell uh, by using whalebone as kind as kinds of hammers to hit various parts of the shell to force air through the flutes. Does it look like a performance is happening? It does, in fact, because you also, as you look around <clears throat> the room see a cloud giant, a fire giant, a frost giant, and a stone giant, all standing and seeming to enjoy the performance. Erebard totally recognizes this. He says, ah, giant aristocracy. <laughs> Let yeah. us have the children perform their abilities so that the <laughs> elders can see how blah, 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 blah. Maybe we'll marry them together at some point. <laughs> I, I read Trevor and Whisper to um, Aspen. Are those the ones that we think are the dragon's patsies? As far as I can tell, yeah. I guess we've heard enough about them that we can say that was probably the two older ones. Uh, they do, well, they they do not look to be young. Mm-hmm. They look <clears throat> to be in the fullness of life. Mm-hmm. And this is Hecaton's court, so this is kind of like their court now. And then, okay, so tell me, give me the whole rundown of, who's in the, of, of people in the room. We've got two guards... So you are you both are standing behind two guards who have their backs to you. Mm-hmm. One of the benefits of being <coughs> small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in the middle, underneath the crystal window, is where the performance is actually occurring. So it's like a dome with right there at the top of the dome. Like a huge vaulted, yeah, mm-hmm. dome sort of thing, and then there's the crystal window. <coughs> mm-hmm. And then down in the middle here, you have this living crab that's being performed like an instrument that's making these sounds. Uh, and it's being performed by one of the two uh, women that you take to be Hecaton's daughters, and the other one is uh, singing. And now standing around them, so between you and them would be the guards, and then these giants standing around watching, is a cloud giant, a fire giant, a frost giant, and a stone giant. Do we recognize the fire giant? No. Okay. Nor do you recognize the cloud giant or the frost giant since you've had encounters with all three kinds. Are they all... Did you not say like the stone giant? Uh, you don't recognize the stone giant either. None of the giants that we recognize. Right. It's because we've killed all the ones that we've come across, except for a couple. That's true. I say, let's not bring that up. <laughs> when we talk to them. <laughs> do they all look or like... Or maybe we do, actually. <laughs> do they all look like males? Like, like, Do they look like warriors? Well, what are they dressed as? Best, but are they armed? 
Uh, yes, they uh, are armed. Using my noble and knowledge of one, protocol. One, the fire giant is uh, female and the rest are male. Okay. Um, if you'll let me call on my noble background. Yeah, totally. Do I perceive this as a group of emissaries are here and a performance is happening before a business transaction or discussion is going to? Yes. We're in the... Um, Please come into our parlor, have some tea cakes, we will do a performance. Once you're all in, in proper spirits, we will sit down and talk business. Yes, it seems to be the case. And I would guess these are not the cloud giant, or the giant lords, these are like the high-level emissaries or major demos or... Um... Uh, definitely high-ranking visitors. Okay. As you're standing there, listening to the music, you notice that the one singing stops for a second. And you notice that all of the giants in the room turn and do this. Wave. Yep, I just stand. I stand. I stand, tall. I stand straight and tall. <laughs> yeah. I, I also stand straight and as tall as I can be. I am going three to dip and a half feet. into all my noble knowledge and and treat this exactly as if I knew what I was doing. And you hear the one who had been playing the crab kind of stand up and look at you and look to her sister and says, "What brings these puny creatures to court?" I try not to look affronted. Show me you're not a fronted face. <laughs> and, and the one who is singing seems a bit more composed and says, My lords and lady, it would seem that we have small folk here. And she kind of leans forward a little bit in almost kind of a parental sort of way. I wonder if it's this humiliating to Aspen when I refer to him as small folk <laughs> in the back of my mind. <laughs> and says, How did you get here? Do the, the guards sort of step aside? They like yeah, the guards kind of do like, one of these sorts of things. They're like, hmm, this beautiful music. What the? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like you would turn and you would see like a bug crawling across yeah. the floor. And you're like, <laughs> what? So since just so moments ago. So you see ago, these huge pikes kind of pointing. I take a few steps forward. Okay. As I do, I do a full head-to-toe prestidigitation. Okay. I'm just sort of fluffing my feathers up a bit and stepping up tall. And I walk forward. And I bow... Deeply. Okay. And then I stand up. Alright. And I say, if I may present myself, and I give the full noble... What's your full noble title? What do I you say... Because uh, <laughs> I hate doing this. Eobard <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't. Eobard <laughs> wouldn't. But you know, I, I say I am Lord Eobard, Jarl of Fangstone, because according to me, this is what I am, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Yeah, well, yeah. Man, I should write up a longer piece. Keeper of the Realm, something of something. Totally. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, I'll come up with something better. I really should have by now. <laughs> if you have just, suggestions. Yeah, if you have suggestions, please feel free to tweet. <laughs> I am Lord Eobarn Jarl of Fangstone, of the Sword Coast, with my traveling companions. And I just gesture them. And I say, I have come to seek court. Mm. And I see if they notice that I didn't actually answer their question. Okay. I'm, I'm sort of trying to type up my... My legs are slipping into protocol, right. hoping that I can play the little noble game with them. And you see the one who was playing uh, the crab kind of give this sort of condescending smile in your direction and kind of smirks at her sister. Her sister, the one who had addressed, hey, how, how in the hell did you get in here? Says... Ah, someone has taught the wee one manners. 
well, Jarl of Fangstone. You are in the court of the great King Hecaton. I am Miriam, and this is my sister Nim. And I'm afraid that these distinguished individuals have come to hold court before you. You see, my sister is the regent, and she is incredibly busy. So I accept your entreaty to hold court, but it will have to wait. Guards, please see to it that these guests are sent to the Small Fork Royal Quarters. Make sure that they have every luxury. They keep a little dollhouse like <laughs> Make sure they have every luxury, and they are well cared for. And then she bends down to you and she says, Jarl of Fangstone, I'm afraid that I must ask upon your patience to wait upon my sister, as she is inexperienced and incredibly busy. <clears throat> I dwell on that for a moment, as if I'm really weighing whether or not I want to, <laughs> to make an issue of it. And then I bow down deeply again, and I say, Your Highness! Your Royal Highness, technically. Yes. Many thanks. And then bow and turn and look for someone to direct me where to go. Okay, very good. Up mm-hmm. come the pikes real quick. One of the guards goes, kind of bends over in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because you have to remember, these are the tallest and largest of giants, the mm-hmm. giants. Kind of bends over and half and says, uh, Right this way? Yeah, we're not, we're, <laughs> we're not even quite up to their knee, right? Yeah, yeah these... We're these, at shin level. These could look into, you know, fourth and fifth story tall building windows. They're like, like 25 something feet tall, right? Well, in the book, they range, giants range from about 25 to 30, but as I told you at the very beginning, I've scaled everybody up. So, in this telling of the story, storm giants are closer to 40 to 45 feet. Okay. So, uh, the guards usher you back down the spiral staircase. You find yourself in the room in which you started. The hallway that was on your left when you originally arrived, they begin walking towards that hallway. And they kind of usher you towards that hallway, and as you get into the hallway, you notice that the hallway slowly starts... The ceiling slowly starts to get lower and lower and lower until it kind of funnels down to uh, a normal height. And they stop at a certain point, kind of hunched over, and uh, the guards say, you will find your quarters here. Please, if you have need of something, let us know. Uh, You have two rooms. Uh, One room is like a living area, kind of like you would have on a suite. Mm -hmm. You see small and medium-sized chairs and tables and silverware, and, you know, glasses, and you see uh, a variety of ales lined up and and food lined up, all small to medium-sized. And then in the other room, uh, you find uh, five large, comfortable beds and a circular rug. You see uh, several empty wardrobes and dressers. Aside from the nautical theme, Mm -hmm. which seems a bit, you know, on the nose, (laughs) it's... Quite, it's a little, little beach house. Mm-hmm. It's quite it's quite nicely furnished. It's like the nicest Disney suite. Yeah, it's it's quite nicely furnished. You uh, immediately notice Aobard that everything in here is of high quality, and uh, all of the furniture looks to be carved and assembled by craftsmen. So there's no IKEA. Um. So before the guards leave, when they drop us off, uh, I would like to ask them. Do you guys know how long? The- they are usually expected to be keeping court for? Is this a, a day affair? Is this a weekend retreat? 
Is this like a you know a managerial planning retreat? Right. <laughs> yeah. Is this a quarter? They're going to be breakout groups later. <laughs> <laughs> and where are they at in that process? Are yeah. they still in the ideation phase, or are we now talking about you know implementation? Where are we? That, should I brought my own whiteboard markers because I don't use those crappy. <laughs> <laughs> Hate those. And you see, they each kind of look at you, and they they look at each other, and they kind of look back at you. I do I do not know. But you you work here. You, this is this is your job. Yes, but they do not answer to me. But you don't even like pay attention. Only to threats. Uh, well, I, well, I, uh, I pay attention to threats too. This is terrible. This not the general kind of type of thing I expect to run into at a. You essentially setting. asked like you know two lowly royal guards. Well, hey, yeah, so but... what's the uh, you know how, how long are these uh, visitors going to be here? What's their agenda? From two bells to four bells, we stand here. Right. <laughs> From four bells to six bells, we stand here. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like they notice people going in and out of rooms and stuff. It's like you 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 pull over, you know, a janitor at the courthouse, and you're like, hey, so how long does this guy usually hold court for? Oh, uh, that's that's Johnson. He usually, you know, he likes yeah. But to you run were asking about long. the agenda that these these individuals have. Their job is not to have anything to do with that. Their job is to stand there and actually not pay attention. Okay. You know. Must be a cultural difference. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the Fay Court, it seems that all the intrigues that occur occur within um, the royals. And got not good lackeys here. And not involving, and don't seem to involve the staff, which, as Aspen rightly notes, is a missed opportunity. <laughs> I, what I walk odds? into the room shaking my head. My <clears throat> so my understanding is the. Agaton has three daughters. Mm -hmm. These two are the elders, and they're the ones that are the pawns of Imrith. The youngest daughter is the regent. So the youngest daughter might not be in on it from our information. She's just young and but she, only. But she might be capable. Mm -hmm. If we can get to her and talk to her alone or away from her sisters, we might be able to present her with enough reasonable evidence that she could at least have enough impetus to do something. Right. Even if doing something is empowering us to get more evidence. Well, so my understanding of the of the daughter seems correct, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. At least that's the information we so have. Should so that, should that be our plan then? Yeah, I think we definitely want to talk to the younger sister. The so we're going to have to have at least one meeting to talk to her. And how do we get her to talk to us... Like, we can't just go in and make accusations against her sisters. We could just say that her court has been infiltrated. We could just, like, sit, go in with our our complaints. Oh, we don't yeah, have to make any insinuations. We say, we're here from a council that just wants to know why, why what is going on, and do we need to... Do well, we, we could also say we've discovered through yeah. our travels that the reason the giants are going crazy, right? We keep that in our pocket. We could always bring that out mm -hmm. to really start that discussion so, of where the heck yeah, is Hecaton. Where is Hecaton and why we want to know this is happening. Yeah. So we could always bounce to that. Do you have any way of sending tele like telepathic messages or anything? Yep. I have messages. At nighttime. <laughs> if I've met someone. Okay. Yeah, I think I have to. So we have a way to talk to her without the Who? sisters understanding. If we meet her, yeah. Yeah. What are the odds that anyone in the crab room have noticed the invisible crow that is sitting on top of a barnacle somewhere? We can find out. <laughs> Malthus is uh, sitting there trying to be quiet 
and uh, seems so far to go unnoticed. Unfortunately, it seems that uh, your appearance has disrupted the performance. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the sisters... Now's breakout groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the sisters um, make their apologies to um, the lords and the lady and excuse themselves. And you see the lords and ladies begin to disperse. And you see, as the sisters are exiting one down the room, and obviously Malthus is probably following them, I imagine, by your instruction, or letting them go. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say follow them in the second you think that there's an issue, just use your best pocket, pocket dimension out. I mean, he's so, a creature of sneaky crapulence, so I think yeah. I'll let him trust his instincts. Yeah. <laughs> so you see he kind of starts to glide across the room like this, and, and as they're both um, exiting the room, you see Nim kind of look over her shoulder, and almost it looks as though she looks at Malthus. And she kind of looks and she goes like this as she turns. And you feel Malthus go, uh, <laughs> no, um, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today with your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. Find all of our episodes on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally... Our podcast is supported by Tevya Schmidt, Chris Gergich, and Josh Heddle, along with all of our awesome patrons. Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, but they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next week... Be the hero.